Hello and welcome to the Mixed Air Rap Podcast. I'm your host, DJ B. Wise. This is a podcast where we talk about hip-hop from boom bap to trap. We're a group of hip-hop enthusiasts from multiple eras trying to bridge the gap in hip-hop. My co-hosts are Kev and DJ Reaper. For tonight's podcast, we're going to be talking about the BT Awards, Aftermath, our predictions, and the winners. And also, we're going to go over, you know it, Kanye West, or should I say Yay, and uh, his uh, interview on the Drink Champs. You can follow us on social media at Rap on Twitter. Again, that's Rap on Twitter. And you can follow us on Instagram at MixEraRapPod. MixEraRapPod. Reaver, tell them where they can follow you on social media. You can find me across all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Mixcloud if you like. DJ Mix is at the 313kid, T-H-E 313-K-I-D. Yo, and let me just say, uh, I was uh, vibing out on a couple of his mixes uh, at lunch uh, at work today. And uh, if you haven't checked him out, definitely go check him out. There you go. All right, so let's jump into it with uh, the BET Aftermath. So let's start off with... Hip Hop Artist of the Year. The nominees were Cardi B, Drake, J. Cole, Little Baby, Megan Thee Stallion, Tyler the Creator. And the winner was Little Baby. I think that uh, our, at least my prediction was Little Baby as the winner. If anybody else remembers their prediction, I think somebody might have said Drake and then somebody else might have said Megan. But Little Baby won. What are your thoughts on that, Kev? I mean, no surprise. I don't think you really could have went wrong uh, with any of the nominees. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the time of the awards coming out, he was and probably still is like the hottest thing out there. So it just makes sense to give him, you know, so award him with something. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was just a hot year for him between uh, between what he did with DJ Khalid and um, and the uh, album with uh uh, Lil Dirk, he was on fire this year. So kudos to Lil Baby for winning that. Uh, what you got there on this one, uh, Reaver? Yeah, I agree. Um, like you said, can't really go wrong with any of those. And uh, I'm not upset that Lil Baby won. So, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> so let's move into uh, the next category. And that was Hip Hop Album of the Year. And a uh, recap of who was uh, nominated. We had Moneybag Yo with the Gangster's Pain, Tyler the Creator, Call Me If You Get Lost, The Migos, Culture 3, Megan Thee Stallion, Good News, DJ Khalid with Khalid Khalid, and uh, 21 Savage and Metro Boomin with Savage Mode 2, and J. Cole, The Off Season. Uh, I know for a fact that I I, I wanted to, um, J. Cole to win. He's my sentimental favorite. But the winner was Tyler, the creator, with Call Me If You Get Lost. What I'd like to say is that they did this one for the culture. I think that uh, uh, Tyler really put out a project that was all for the culture. He said it himself in multiple interviews. So I, I appreciate BET for showing him love on that one. Uh, Reaver, what are your thoughts? Uh, again, a respectable choice. Um, there was some solid choices. Some like the Khaled Khaled album is like, eh, does that deserve to be in there? But uh, yeah, everybody, it seems to be the overall consensus that ev- everybody likes the, the Tyler album. So again, not, not mad at it. Yeah, that's what's up. So uh, let's see here. Um, Kev, your thoughts, man. I, I am. I'm 
very shocked that they did give it to him. Uh, normally, they they will go with the popular artist, not someone who puts out probably the best album. I mean, out of all the nominees, I think this was the only one I really I actually enjoyed. So I guess <laughs> you know, from I guess from my end, it was the right pick. But at the same time, it's just it was just surprising because. I mean, he won over Meg and J. Cole, so it, it, it's just, it, it is a little shocking. Yeah, no doubt on that was a shocking because, again, I thought, uh, and I think that uh, Reaper picked Meg to win this one, and I thought she had it hands down. She's had a fire year as well, but I, I really believe they did this one for the culture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he beat out, like, Meg, J. Cole, Migos, um, Moneybag Yo had a number one album for a little while, so it was, yeah, it was just kind of shocking that, you know, somebody who's not that big radio star was able to, you know, actually win a war with quality music. That's not more killing or booty shaking or nothing like that. Yep. I mean, well, to be fair, that Tyler record is better than all of those other records. I mean, like I said, the, the good news Megan record was my personal favorite, but I would be okay. If someone said the Tyler record is better than that record, that that's relatively true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard to argue. <laughs> I mean, it's not—it's not like you really, really can say behind it. Yeah, yeah. It—it it was a fresh sound, so it's—it's it's, it, like I said, it's just surprising to see them not go with the, I guess, the more popular choice. But a lot of people enjoyed the Tyler album. It was well worth it. I, I truly enjoyed it, and. um I'm glad to hear that uh, the the not the you know the judges at BET enjoyed it as well. So moving on to our next one, it is uh, best hip hop video, and the nominees were Cardi B with Up, Cardi B featuring Megan Thee Stallion, WAP, Chris Brown, Young Thug, Go Crazy, Drake featuring Lil Durk, Laugh Now Cry Later, Lil Nas X with Montero. And Saweetie featuring Doja Cat, Best Friends. And the winner was Cardi B featuring Megan Thee Stallion with WAP. Uh, you know, hands down, this was probably the most popular video of the year. Just crazy views. And <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, Reaper? Yeah, I believe I called that one. Uh, that's, like I said, cultural moment. You know, like people are going to remember that in however many years. So. Okay, not mad at it. I also would have been okay if Montero won because people were going crazy when that video came out because of all of the wild imagery he put in the video. But uh, yeah, not mad at it. I'm feeling that. Uh, Kev, your thoughts? Not surprised. It it garnered the most attention out of uh, mostly everything else. So, you know, it, it really didn't matter if it was good or bad. It was just the most spoken about video out of all the others so i guess it made sense in some way <laughs> i feel you on that kev all right so uh moving on to uh best collaboration uh the nominees were 21 savage metro booming featuring drake mr right now bia featuring Nicki minaj whole lot of money remix cardi b featuring megan the stallion wop DJ Khalid featuring Lil Baby and Lil Dirk, Every Chance I Get. Drake featuring Lil Dirk, Laugh Now, Cry Later. Pooh Shiesty featuring Lil Dirk, Back in Blood. And the winner, you know it, Cardi B featuring Megan Thee Stallion with WAP. 
what can what more can we say? You know, uh, if the fellas want to jump in and and throw a few you know words in, they can. But you can't have uh, uh, the best. Uh, uh, the best hip hop video would not have without having the best collaboration if it's two people. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, WAP is you know WAP is WAP, and uh, you know I I even I had a show last night and um I haven't played it for a long time, and I just sort of played it and people heard that boom boom and people was like oh you playing this one again? <laughs> so <laughs> people seem to still like it. So okay, fine. Here you go. Yeah, I feel you. What are your thoughts, Kev? Any any words for this one? Uh, not, not a lot. It's, you know, you got two of the hottest rappers in the game on a song together, and, you know, it's hard to beat both of those. I mean, you know, you could arguably say Cardi B and Meg are two and three. You could have whoever you want as number one, but there's not many that, that are more popular or get more publicity than those two right there. Yeah, that's what's up. Uh, so let's move on to uh, my favorite, uh, uh, one of my favorite um, um, awards, and that is Best Duo or Group. The nominees were 21 Savage and Metro Booming, Chris Brown and Young Thug, City Girls, Nasty C and Blackie, Little Baby, Little Dirk, and the Migos. And the winner was Little Baby and Little Dirk. Uh, you guys know my feelings on this one. I think I even called this one just again because uh, I, I thought the project showed so much growth in these two young men at their young, young age to to put something positive out like that. You know, uh, I remember Kev saying uh, either on the last episode, or episode before last. Uh, yeah, you can do, you know, your first couple albums where you're talking about getting high, banging babes uh, and, you know, making mad dough. But at some point you got to show some, you know, some level of of growth in the, in the game. And I appreciated him saying that. And I think that's what little baby and Dirk did on this particular project. Uh, I really was impressed with what Dirk was doing. Cause again, I already knew that where, where little baby was headed at, uh, since the, um, uh, the George Floyd, uh, murder. So anybody got thoughts on that one? Uh, little Dirk is overrated, but I'm fine with <laughs> Hey, he gonna throw, he gonna throw, a shot at somebody before the night's out every show. I feel you, Reaper. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's just... I, I, he's overrated. I think you could he's say overrated. both are overrated in a way. I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, but Little Baby has got the flow, and he is in the pocket on every single track. He might not, you know, be dropping gems on every single track, but he's just really good at riding beats and finding the right beat. But people even make jokes and memes about how on uh, Drake and, and Dirk, Laugh Now, Cry Later, how half of his verse, Dirk's verse, doesn't make sense. He's just saying stuff. Kind of like, eh. I've heard quite a bit of Dirk stuff, and I don't really know why people like him as much as they do, no offense. But he's probably would take offense to that if he heard it. So, yeah. <laughs> He would definitely take offense. Uh, he's very, uh, he's very uh, sensitive about his shit. So I feel you. On that one. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the next category, and that was best live performance. And the nominees were Busta Rhyme, Cardi B, The Baby, Doja Cat, Meg Thee Stallion, and Tyler the Creator. I jump out again and just say I know for a fact I, I chose uh, Tyler on this one 
because the performance he did even on the show and the stuff he was doing in concert with this particular album was crazy with the limit number the limited number of shows he was able to do he just was sparking the crowd for real for real so uh anybody else uh likes the the call on tyler the creator winning best live performance i, I would say he uh it, it was the right choice to make not to take nothing away from the other nominees but um it's just Tyler's had a, just a little bit more creativity in his uh, his sets, so it makes sense though. And, and once again, it was the right choice. And and I also think this was another one of those picks um, for the culture more than the popular choice or whatever. But you know, I guess we can kind of say Tyler is the little guy in some way or the underdog. So it's always good to see the the less popular person get recognized for their uh, their talent. Yeah, no doubt on that one, uh, Kev. You for real on that one. I'm telling you, it, it was all worth it for me to see him, you know, uh, uh, underdog pull out two wins out of this year. Because, again, I think that his competition was really stiff. And and uh, for the baby to get shunned the way he did was surprising because he did have some live shows. I saw a few of his excerpts from uh, Instagram and from YouTube, but it is what it is. You know, he got kind of canceled, so he's having to deal with that backlash. Reaper, anything from you? Nope. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So now this is my f my favorite award for the year, and that is Lyricist of the Year. I'm just going to um, see if the guys remember what their picks were after I say the nominees. I think I remember him, but uh, here we go. Benny the Butcher, Drake, J. Cole, Lil Baby, Megan the Stallion, and Nas. Does anybody remember what their pick was before I'd say who the winner was? I know I chose J. Cole. I I probably had Nas or Benny, but I, I really don't remember. Yeah, I can't really remember either. I feel you. So the winner was J. Cole. Anybody's, well, anybody got thoughts on that? J. Cole winning lyricist of the year. They had to give him something. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, they didn't have to give him anything. I mean, you know, the offseason is a decent record. I wish he wasn't so yelly on the record. And I wish he chose some different beats. But uh, when you listen back to some of those tracks, like he's actually, like I just, got on Dirk about or baby on not dropping gems. Like J Cole is dropping gems on a couple of those songs. Like, wow, he's actually flowing for real. So yeah, I'm not mad at that. Yeah. That's what's up. Moving on to producer of the year. This one for me is, uh, you know, it was, I, I thought it was very competitive, but uh, here we go with the nominees, uh, DJ Khalid, hit boy, Metro Bowman, mustard, the Alchemist and Tyler the Creator. And the winner was Hit Boy. He had a masterful year. He had a masterful almost two years, if you ask me. Uh, the dude's just been on fire. I thought that the Alchemist could have pulled it out, but it is what it is. Uh, anybody got thoughts on producer of the year winner, Hit Boy? It, it, it was an easy choice. I mean, he, he got a Grammy nominated album. He had a couple of number one albums, so it's kind of, I mean, in theory, it's like, did any of these other nominees have the success he had over the past, what, 14 months or so? Yeah, like we talked about last week, um, he was on a bunch of different people's projects 
are all of those projects good man that's up for debate are all of the beats good man that's up for debate but you could easily accept the argument that he outworked all the other producers over the last year slash two years so yeah not mad at that probably the best choice i think we would question it more if the alchemist or anybody else won honestly yeah, I, I mean, definitely. I think uh, there'd be a little bit more debate on the Alchemist and or, and DJ Mustard too. I think if he'd won, that'd have definitely been a heavy conversation. But it is what it is. Let's keep it moving on to the next one, and that is Song of the Year. This one was, you know, for me, it was just not my no, not for my mode. But uh, here we go with the nominees: Pooh Shiesty featuring Little Dirk with Back in Blood. Roddy Rich with Late at Night, Drake featuring Lil Durk, Laugh Now, Cry Later, which was my pick, and Cardi B up. And the winner, I'm sorry, and we forgot one more, and that was uh, Cardi B and um, featuring Megan Thee Stallion with WAP. And the winner was Cardi B featuring Megan Stallion, WAP. Again, you know, it is what it is. This was the hottest, you know, most controversial song of the year. So it's real hard to, you know, go against them on this one. Anybody got thoughts on Cardi B featuring Megan Thee Stallion with WAP winning song of the year? No. <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> All right. That's what's up. So moving on to uh, uh, best new hip hop artist. Now, this one I thought was very intriguing because it, it had some, uh, you know, some people that I enjoy but it also has some real hitters on the street. And um, here we go with the nominees. I think somebody uh, the somebody had told me this is called Blast, B-L-X-S-T. Is that correct, guys? Yeah. All right. And then uh, Corey LeRae. And then my man, Don Tolliver. My real man, Moray. Uh, Pooh Shiesty and Young Blue were the nominees and the winner was young blue which kind of caught me way off guard but they was on some dark horse stuff this year as far as with some of the some of the categories what are you guys feelings on young blue winning uh best new hip-hop artist i don't know if i know this guy now to be honest with you huh i said did reaper know him do you have you heard his stuff reaper uh here and there he's i've seen him on some features uh have i sought out the latest Young Blue project? No, I'm not gonna lie to you, but uh, not super familiar with any the of the nominees outside of uh, Larray and uh, who was one other person you said? Uh, uh, Don Tolliver. Yeah, Don Tolliver. Yeah, or well, Moray. If y'all hadn't checked him out, you know I like his stuff. Moray's real, real slick with it. Uh, Moray. How do you spell it? M O R R A Y. Oh, I've seen the name. Yeah, I've seen the name. Murray. Murray. Have y'all seen Joker? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Murray. <laughs> thoughts on that one on the uh, Young Blue? I, I don't know, guy. So, um, like you said, it was a Dark Horse pick, so I got to go with that. Yeah, that's what's up. All right, we, we're coming down to the uh, last few here, and uh, the next one is going to be Hustler of the Year, which... I, I don't know why this is a, a category, but it is what it is. Hustle of the Year nominees, Cardi B, Drake, Little Baby, Meg Thee Stallion, Saweetie, and Young Blue. And the winner was Saweetie. Uh, this, to me, is a little bit controversial because I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm like, I don't get it. 
Yeah, I did not get it at all. Had no understanding of if you talking about the hustle of the year, I would think that they made the most of the year as far as the money. And and I'm like, how did little baby make the stallion not get it? You know, those two do those two uh artists really got at it this year. But you know, it is what it is. Anybody's thoughts on hustle of the year being uh Saweetie? I think we have to see what the criteria uh, is that they consider hustler of the year because just like you said, um, you know, Meg is in commercials and she's always got some sort of interview going. Even yeah, and even uh, little baby, little babies and stuff. Drake is in a, a st- uh, nationwide insurance commercial that everyone loves. So it's kind of fit. You got I don't know what the you know what the uh, criteria is. I mean, I would think hustler of the year is what the moves you're making outside of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Or the impact you have outside the game. But if it's something more, it's what are we missing with her? Because I don't really, I mean, I see people talk about the way she look more than, you know, all these exceptional moves she making. <laughs> no doubt on that one, Kev. The only thing I can remember from her over the last 14 months has been the fight with her and um, uh, what's his name from uh, Amigos? Um What's the, what's the lead guy from Quavo? Quavo. That's all I know from her is is that the fight? You know, I don't know anything else. She she was on. Uh, I know this isn't. Uh, you guys aren't the target audience, but uh, there's this TV show called Grownish, and she was on there for. A bit. Yeah, I saw her on that. Yeah, my uh, my uh, daughter put me onto that show. So yes, yes, I definitely checked her out on there. But compared to what everybody else was doing, Meg got covers. Meg, Meg got um, she got she got uh, commercials. Meg was everywhere. But you know what? Maybe there was like a cutoff date because some of Megan's stuff, like uh, shout out to Megan by the way, she was on Hot Ones recently. I don't know if y'all watched that show on YouTube. But it's like a chicken wing eating show where they eat spicy wings and an interview. But um, she's got her own sauce coming out with Popeyes, I believe. And it's like, what? You got hot sauce? Like, that's outside of the box. And uh, among other things, you know. And um, But some of that stuff is real recent. And I just saw her a couple of weeks ago. She's on, and I don't know if this is worldwide, but. On the uh, advertisements in Shanghai, she's on the advertisements uh, at Coach. So, yeah, she's doing her thing. But, again, maybe it was after the cutoff date because all of those things that I'm talking about are fairly recent, like last couple of weeks, you know. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. All right, so we're going to move on to our final uh, uh, category, and that was Best International Flow. And the nominees were Lady Poe out of Nigeria, Nasty C out of South Africa, Zama out of uh, Brazil, Lalo out of France, Gazo out of uh, France, Lil Sims out of the UK. And the winner was Lil Sims. So we, uh, I know at least I defaulted to our international DJ Reaper for this one. And um, I think you chose Lil Sims, did you not, Reaper? Yep, yep pretty sure. There you go. So <laughs> he, he predicted it. Kev, your thoughts on international flow winner, Lil Sims? Uh, I, I, I think they picked Lil Sims because she's probably the most popular out of all the other nominees. The album was okay, but uh, I think I'd have picked Dave 
over her. But I, I don't have a problem with that, though. Dave wasn't nominated. I would have loved Dave being on there. He wasn't nominated. He is nominated. I'm looking at it. He is? Why is it not? Dave, yeah. He was not on my list here that I'm looking at. I'm sorry. So, Dave, yeah, then I, I would have went with Dave. Dave out of the UK, definitely I would have went with him. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised. Why, I don't know why this is not on my list here. I got Lay Low, Lady Poe, C Nast. And I think. Yeah, he was the only one you missed. Yeah, I think Dave, I think I remember Dave being on there. So that is what it is. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely yeah. went with Dave on that one. And uh, that was our aftermath review of BET Hip Hop Awards for 2021. All right, so let's move on with our talking hip hop with <laughs> the hottest, the hotness that's going on in the streets right now, and that was Kanye, or excuse me, Yay, uh, interview on Drink Champs. So, fellas, let's jump into it, man. Your thoughts on Kanye's? <laughs> it was a uh, hilarious to me. That's all I like to say. Is it was hilarious. Your thoughts on Yay's? Uh, but it's a part two, though. It's a part two. They just put out the part two. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, have y'all seen part two? I have not. I have not. From the same day? Yeah, it's from the same day. This an hour and a half. I oh man, <laughs> I got. Oh, I got to check that out. Go ahead, you guys tell me about it. I, I'll listen. Did you see uh, part two, Kev? I didn't see part two. Um, but my my opinion on Kanye has changed because of part one. All right, what you mean? I've probably been accused of calling Kanye crazy, and I will take that back. I don't think he's crazy. I think he's a troll, <laughs> which is more understandable. I I hate to say, you know, I'm not going to – it's frustrating. I want to say the mental issue thing, I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 on. I don't think it's as bad as he makes it seem, but I'm not going to say he doesn't have a mental issue. But some of the points he was making, like when he was saying, like, you know, his friends didn't support him and some of his political views and he felt a way about it. I totally get it because uh, Talib Kweli did an interview. If it wasn't on Drink Champs, it might have been on Math Hoffa's uh, podcast where he was like, he said, Kanye, he said, Kanye will always be my friend, even though we don't agree on a lot of stuff. He said, but that still be my man, no matter what. And and I felt that, and I and I and I, and I kind of got a and uh, from him speaking on Kanye, I, I had this different view of Kanye coming into this interview because I think a lot of people was one surprised he did drink chance, but two, he gave them over four hours of content, but then at the same time, he said so much that I don't think a lot of people expected him to say. I mean, to be honest, he's hip hop to the core, you know, and hip hop is a uh, uh, very braggadocious um, musical genre, and that's what he did. I mean, pretty much everything he was saying was just him bragging on himself. And I mean, you know, you he's a talented guy. Why not brag on yourself? I mean, everybody else already thinks he's a um, he's a great artist. I mean, he let's be honest. I mean, he did put out some bad albums the past couple of years. Um, Donda was decent, you know, but. You know, before Donda, that wasn't, you know, them, lad, them three before Donda weren't that good, but people still loved them. And for somebody to put out bad music that people still loved, that's a testament to him and his talent. So I, I'm, I'm surprised he talks so much, though. 
it, it, it was a big surprise that he talked three hours. I thought that the interview initially when they said he was going to do it, it might have been an hour, but to get three and a half hours in one clip and an hour and a half and another clip was uh, very, very surprising though. Well, him, well, him and uh, Nori are like friends, like actually. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's not Barbara Walters, or you know. And I think that the way Nori played it made it comfortable mentally for him. Anybody agree with me on that one? In what capacity, though? I think Nori made it. See, like when he did the other uh, interviews, like uh, the one with Charlemagne, and um, I think he did another interview. I'm trying to think who was um, the interviewer. I can't remember anyway, but they kind of tensed him up and made him feel like he was the bad guy. Whereas Nori played it like, hey, this is me and you. We here. We not, we not, you know, we just conversating. We not doing this for the the streams. We not doing this for the likes, you know, the subscribers, anything like that. Just we here having a good time. Hey, let me keep pouring you these shots. Let's keep rolling with it. I did think he went a little overboard with the with the uh, game thing. But overall, I do think that he played it the right way and kept it light and fun. So and it was a, it allowed uh, Ye to uh, be himself or feel like he was being himself. Any 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 thoughts on that? Anybody, you know, kind of agree with that or not? Uh, you know, Nori isn't my favorite interviewer. <laughs> I'll just keep it on that. But uh yeah, I mean, I think overall. Uh, so I'm going to mention something from part two in a minute. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much of it if y'all gonna watch it but yeah i feel you so um uh, another thing i enjoyed about it was that i forget the dj's name his uh his co-host on there uh he played it well as too he understood to step in when he should but to play it back play back on that and i know on uh, other interviews that they've done like the one with krs and so forth he took the lead on several things and uh i think he did what he was supposed to do. And I was laid back as long as he needed to. And then when Nori was steering him in the wrong directions to pop up in there and, and, and steer it into the right direction. I think that's a, an important thing for a co-host to do. If, if you got a host that's kind of, uh, 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 boisterous and, and wants to talk just as much as the, as the interviewer interviewee, you know, you want your interviewee to, a uh, person being interviewed to speak. That's why you're having them on the show. So I think they really had a nice balance with that. So, uh, uh, Reaver, go ahead and tell us a little something about the uh, part two, because I'm pretty sure the listeners have heard uh, part two, even though the old heads haven't. So one thing, and again, uh, Nori, I can't remember if this is part one or part two, but Nori joked about uh, some of the stuff that he was saying, and he was actually oversharing a little bit. Like, oh, we didn't even ask you that, but you just... He just own one right now, so just go ahead. But um, so in part one, he says that he doesn't like uh Talib Kweli's flow, and you could read into that as it's like, oh, him and Talib aren't seeing eye to eye right now because Talib was on Drink Champs and in other interviews saying, oh, Kanye is wild and he need to come back to Chicago and blah blah. So I just figured it was like an extension of that. But he goes on to say in part two that um. He never, so when he came out, he was a quote-unquote backpack artist. But he goes on to say that he never really liked backpack rap. That he just, he he really liked street rap and like, you know, his favorite group is Mob Deep and stuff like that. But those guys wouldn't accept him because he wasn't street enough and he had never, 
you know, beat up nobody or killed anybody, quote unquote, is what he said. And he was more accepted by the backpack rappers. So he just went with that to get on. But he said he never really liked Talib. He never really liked Slum Village. He never really liked any of those people that he was working with at the beginning. And I was just kind of like, that's not very cool. It's honest. And he apologized. He was like, you know, my bad if, you know, whatever, whatever. But um, I didn't ever really like that stuff. Like I would play that stuff, you know, to get on. But, you know, when I was at home or I was really thinking about making like street stuff, but that just wasn't who I was. I mean, I'm, I'm not really surprised that he said something like that because, I mean, he is from Chicago and it's a different it's a different atmosphere in Chicago as opposed to other places. But I, I guess the I guess the surprising thing is that there there is a lot of uh, rappers who fake it till you make it type and. For him to respect the game enough to to say, I'm not a street guy, even though I want to be a street, even though I want to be the street rapper, and for him not to go down that lane, as um, I mean, it's 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 like I gotta give him credit for it. You know, it's it's kind of hard. No matter, you know, he says some he says some off the wall stuff in this interview, and and you can say whatever, but. The man was just being honest, you know, and if, if you didn't like what he said, so what? I mean, that's how he feels. And I mean, just like when he said the text message, he said, I sent this text message to my wife and Jay and this person, this person. I got more money than you. And they were sitting there like, whoa, did you say that to Jay-Z? And, and I mean, I mean, literally, they, I'm going to tell you like this. I don't know if people remember, but there was a picture um, about, boy, I guess maybe 10 years ago. It was Kanye, it was Fonsworth, uh, Virgil, Taz, Ibn, and like two other people, right? Everybody in that picture went on to be went on to be super successful. Like Virgil's at uh Louis Vuitton, Ibn's at Louis Vuitton, Taz is at MCM, uh Fonsworth, I mean Fonsworth could be the mayor of uh, goddamn Atlanta if he wanted to, like Atlanta loves Farnsworth. I mean, everybody in that picture, Brent, um, um, Don C was in that picture. Don C got deals with Nike, Mitchell Ness, uh, Foot Locker, and all these are Kanye's friends. Like, come on now. Give me another hip-hop artist who put all put at least 10 people on, and those 10 people went into stardom. You, I don't, you, I, I don't think you can find somebody like that. I really don't think you can find somebody who's elevated people's careers like Kanye West. I think he spoke on that as well. You know that you know you got to measure the man based on what he's done for others, and uh, you know I think he even threw some shots at Drake for not really putting anybody on as much as he has. So that's what that's my thoughts on it. Uh, Reaper, anything? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I uh, going back to Nori. Uh, I wish uh, Nori asked more follow up questions because Kanye gave a, a lot of hot takes throughout both parts, uh, including the sh- signing Big Sean was the worst decision of my career, and he didn't ask a follow up question. He just left it. I was like, all right, I guess maybe Nori didn't want to like go into deep waters with that but again they went into a lot deeper waters on a lot of other stuff so <laughs> i don't see why he couldn't have asked follow-up and again maybe that was just a shot back because like a day or two before the interview 
Big Sean did interview himself and say, uh, well, not interview him. He didn't interview himself. He did an interview, is better wording, uh, saying he stayed on good music for too long and he wished he would have left earlier. So maybe there's some static there, and that was just Kanye getting getting him back for that. Yeah. It's something behind the scenes. It's obviously something behind the scenes. And for for Big Sean to finally leave good music, it was words exchanged between those two. So both of them feel the same about each other. So really, Kanye saying that shouldn't be that controversial, I guess, because it's not like Big Sean didn't say something also. Right. But I mean, just out of three hours plus of content, I wish they would have just asked one follow up question like, well, what you mean? I mean, but the, the the thing with Nori at EFN is that they're kind of a good cop, bad cop type of thing, and it works in a lot of occasions. But like you just said, moments like that Big Sean moment, it should have been, they should have expounded on that because, I mean, Kanye was so open about so many things, just that one hot take and then a move on from something else didn't fit it was like wait a minute we need like big sean is a name in this industry like what do you talk about no we need we need to know what's really going on like even when big sean ain't got an album out you still see him because this girl probably singing somewhere and he probably he might be on stage with her or in one of her videos so you constantly seeing big sean no matter what he has going on in his career so it's like it's not a lot it's not too many times you're gonna forget about big sean so I think that's the flaw of Nori is that sometimes he gets too comfortable with his guests where he doesn't uh, do like a, a journalist or an entertainment uh, reporter type of thing. Like, wait a minute, it's certain clues you're giving me to, like you said, ask a follow up. Um, and the EFN, EFN, he has too much respect at times because I think that. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes he does. If he asked a somewhat controversial question, I think he can make it sound. He can he could turn it. He could tame it down some, and and you know because when the artists go on there, they already smoking and they probably drinking, so they open to a lot of stuff anyway. And even if they are tense, they're going to be relaxed later on anyway. So you know it's it's certain you got you got certain liberties you can get away with going on drink champs, and I think that's the gift and a curse of the show, but. Yeah, one of those two guys need to have some journalist, I don't know, skill to kind of... Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, John, yeah. Go I, ahead. Oh, oh, I was in it. So they say this at the end of uh, part two that um, they got to figure out a time when he can come back on there and not, not do three hours of hot takes, but actually talk about music. That's one of my other complaints. Like, they don't actually talk about his music at all. Like, not for 30 seconds. I mean, besides just the little random quips about Donda, you know. But. Yeah, and they did they did bring that up a couple times in, throughout the uh, first uh, interview, first por- portion of the interview that you know we talked about no music, uh, you know. So I, I hope that they're able to get him back uh, at a healthy mental status and let him really talk about his music because some of the things he's done over the last three or four projects. Everybody wants to understand where his head was when he was doing these things. We definitely know he was trying to show love to his mother on the last project with the Yeezus and uh, the gospel stuff. And uh, what was the one right after uh, uh, Pablo? 
it, whatever. I just can't remember what um, those projects definitely should. People would love to hear his his mindset behind those. Well, let me ask this question: What do you guys think about the the uh, squashing of the Drake beef? Uh, I think that you got to thank Jay Prince for that. He came in like a like a, like a sledgehammer on uh, Kanye on that one. You, you saw you saw him in the video. Uh, uh, Jay Prince made him write that down. Like, dude, come up with an apology. Let's read this. You don't want to come off the dome. Write it down. Let me read through it. Check it out. And then we're going to go on camera and do it. So Jay Prince put in his work that he normally does behind the scenes. But at the same time, it's kind of looking up to OG because the purpose of the squash of the beef was to you know bring attention to Larry Hoover, who's a Chicago guy, and Jay Prince, who's always thrown support towards Larry Hoover. Like in the part two, that's why I really want to see the part two because you got Larry Hoover's son on there. So you know it, it's interesting, but you know squashing the beef at this moment was kind of it was cringy because I would have liked to have seen it before this interview came out or further down the line when we weren't really, you know, this interview wasn't fresh on our mind. Like for this interview to air and then have this recording come out was like real cringy to me. I don't know. I mean, but he talks about it a couple of times. Like, I don't know if there was any actual beef. He says it, uh, and it might be more in part two than part one. Like, you know, I rock with Drake. I got a lot of love for Drake, but just we're, he kept saying professional you know, like basketball players were professional rappers. And sometimes you get in people's face and stuff during the game, but that don't mean you hate them kind of thing. So I don't know how beefy the beef was. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that. Hey, it is what it is. I'm just glad that they're doing something in a positive direction. Uh, free Larry Hoover. I appreciate all the work that is uh, Larry Hoover Jr. is doing. And, uh, you know, we need our leaders back in their in their homes uh, passing on this information to these young knuckleheads out in these streets. Uh, gentlemen, great conversation. I really. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before we go, we got to shout out Missy Elliott for her Walk of Fame star. No doubt. No doubt. And we got to send prayers and condolences to everybody from Astro World who's uh, affected by that. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. In 2021, we're still having festivals where. You're having catastrophic events like that, which it, it doesn't make sense at all. You know, I hope I hope the families can find some relief and, and, and you know, and everything is taken care of for them properly, you know? Yeah, that's what's up. I appreciate that. Thank you guys for checking me on that. Again, uh, my mentality is I'm, I'm just on some Russian crazy madness, but uh, definitely uh, uh, prayers up to those people and their families who uh, were injured and lost their lives at the uh, Astro World um, incident. All right. Yeah, you know what? You or here, I'll comment on that before we go. Uh, you know, I was defending Travis for quite a bit because I I thought people uh, got hurt or killed in a mosh pit, and you know I'll defend mosh pits forever. But uh, turns out he tweeted out. Um, even if you don't have a ticket to the show, come anyway and bum rush the security. And this is like, because now, like now there's a lawsuit from like all of the, the parents and stuff for, for people that got killed. And they're using evidence of, you know, the tweets and the video evidence of him like waving people, like telling them to come closer to the stage and stuff like that. And it's just like, he might be in a little bit of trouble for real, for real. So 
you know, not to uh, push the people that lost their lives to the side, but just the whole situation is a bit like, ugh. Yeah, it's, it's madness out there. Uh, it, it, it He's canceled himself because, I mean, I don't know how much um, – how much money the uh, venue had in there. So every, every show has insurance. I just don't know how much insurance that they, they had for this particular show, because the, we're looking at numbers headed towards the hundred million mark. It was just too many lives. It was too much recklessness. The uh, prosecutors are going to have a, 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 a they're going to have a, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to, they're going to tear him apart in court with this one. And I just, but he shouldn't be the only one punished because of this, though, because um, they interviewed a security guard there and he said he never had any training and he was hired on the spot. Yeah. I, again, I'm, I'm telling you, the venue is covered, but they only have a maximum amount of uh, insurance that they have per show. Whereas the artist, like Reaper said on the tweet, you can't do that and not expect for them to tear you a new butthole. So he, he no no I mean he's going to get punished but we should be I mean he he shouldn't be the only one that the spotlight is on I get it that he's the bigger name but there is a team either he hired the team or he was working with this team that they also dropped the ball because it was just disturbing just to see how those people rush through the gates like it wasn't like it was Black Friday or something that's how bad it looked I mean it looked worse than Black Friday. And I mean, like it's 2021. Like even if you hired a guy that morning, I mean, yeah, you got to have common sense. Like form a line or get some sort of organization of getting those people in there because people getting stopped happens. I mean, even before the show started, it was people injured, and that that that, was, that doesn't even make sense. I'm not to say I'm not saying that Travis Scott should get off. I'm just saying that. That's 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 get everybody. Let's put everybody out there. Names and pictures, anybody involved because all these people dropped the ball on this. Oh, no doubt on that one. You're definitely correct on that one. And, and there will be a, a massive amount of repercussion on this uh, decision to do what happened uh, at Astroworld uh, concert. You know, it's just a sad, sad, bad look for a great year in hip hop. So with that, we'd like to thank the uh uh, the listeners for uh, checking us out. We really appreciate you. Without you, there would be no us. Please make sure that you follow on on any of the platforms that you're looking for, you, that you're, you're listening to us on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Deezer, Amazon, Apple. Uh, please hit that follow button, smash it, uh, and, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, you can follow us on social media at Mix Era Rap on Twitter. Again, that's Mix Era Rap. And you can find us on uh, Instagram at Mix Era Rap Pod. And that's Mix Era Rap Pod. I'd like to also throw in that for some reason we were not on SoundCloud. We are now on SoundCloud. So you can check us out on SoundCloud. And uh, that's how I was able to uh, really enjoy uh, Reaper's uh, mixes over the last couple of days. Uh, Reaper Roy, can they follow you on social media? Uh, at the three one three kid t h e three one three k i d Instagram, Twitter, Mixcloud. If you like DJ mixes, yeah, that's what's up. Uh, we we, we really uh, are excited. We got a lot of good stuff coming up in the uh, future. 
Uh, we got interviews. We got giveaways coming up. We got live shows coming up. So uh, we look real. We, re- we really look forward to the new year. 2022 is going to be a blast. Keep following us. Keep rocking with us. We got more and more for you. And with that, we out of here. Peace.